Okay, let's get started with Parshas Pinchas, Tav Shin Pei Gimel. Uh, and as we have all of Klai Yisrael uh, in the same Parsha, uh, this week back together, Achdus, before the start of the, of the three weeks, or as the three weeks have just started, I should say. And the Pinchas, just to note one Pasuk later on in the Parsha, before we get into the Divrei Torah related, and the thoughts related to the Parsha, just a Pasuk that is always uh, noteworthy in Parach of Zion, Pasuk Tazvav, Vayedaber, Moshe El Hashem Lemar. Just to quote the Pasuk, <laughs> fascinating, the only Pasuk like this in all of the Torah, the Balaturim notes, and others, we have often, this is the only one, he stands up and says, Hashem, you have to appoint a leader, Moshe stands up strong and demands, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, appoint a leader that could take care of Klai Yisrael uh, after he uh, passes on. So, just to note, the godless of Moshe, Parshas, uh, Yisro talks about the godless of Moshe, Parshas Bahaloscha, Parshas Zosabracha, and Parshas Pinchas, where it talks about the changing of the guard, uh, that also, this also reflects Moshe's godless. So let's get into the Amedrish. Start off with a thought that, uh, might be called a, uh, uh, a couple of steps that we need to do, um, to understand this Medrash. Says the Medrash, if you look in source number one, the Savior called Yechiel, right by the, uh, one of the last Hamidim of the, um, of the Chafetz Chaim, and he quotes from the Birchas Hashir, one of the Sfarim of Rav Yonasan, uh, what the quote, quoting here from Rav Yonasan Ibishitz. So the Medrash says, um, in our parsha, Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron HaKohen. Pinchas stands up, Pinchas ben Elazar, the grandson of Aaron. The Medrash says, Lefishin is Atzal Moshe b'maisa Zimri, because Moshe Rabbeinu did not partake, did not uh, do the Maisa of Zimri, only Pinchas did it and not Moshe. Moshe, so to speak, let uh, the uh, let uh, Pinchas take center stage. Lo yada ishas Nobody knew where Moshe Rabbeinu was buried. Right? What is the connection between those two statements? Right? This is called the Medrash Pliya. Right? What's the connection between Moshe Rabbeinu not performing the Maisa Pinchas and nobody knowing where Moshe Rabbeinu was buried? Ma'inya Maisa Moshe. So says Yevonis and Ibishitz in a thought that uh, only he or those like him could come up with a couple of steps. Happy Karsim Torim Lachshov. There are many heretics out there that say Moshe Rabbeinu can't be so great. That's why I started with that Pasuk, to reflect Moshe Rabbeinu's greatness. But there are many out there that say, How could he have been so great? Why? I'll bring you a raya. The heretics say that Moshe Rabbeinu isn't so great. Why? If Moshe Rabbeinu was on the highest level, and one of the only mamins that Moshe Rabbeinu's nevua was different, if he reached such high levels, to go up to Shemayim and to talk to Gadish Baruch Hu on Harsinai, 40 days, 40 nights, which ended up being 120 days and nights, all the way from Shavuos, all the way until Yom Kippur, so it's impossible that Moshe Rabbeinu died, as it says in the end of the Torah. How could that be? The only one in the Torah, in the Torah, Eliyahu Navi and Nevi'im. So why was Moshe like that? If Moshe was so great, he should have been like Hanoch and Eliyahu, and not died. And that's why heretics say, What must we say? The godless of all the things written in the Torah is only because Moshe Rabbeinu was arrogant and he wrote all these great things about himself because he, if he was really great, he wouldn't have died. Really wouldn't have died. 
That's what the Apikarsim say. If Moshe Rabbeinu was so great, he would have been like Elio, he would have been like Achanoch, and we never would have died. And the fact that he didn't, it must be that he's not so great, and much of these stories in the Torah were just his own uh, writing. But says of Yonasan Ibashid, it's a false claim. It's internally problematic. Because Moshe Rabbeinu wrote whatever he wanted in the Torah. And if it's true that he uh, could write whatever he wanted, then he could have falsified his end. If Moshe Rabbeinu falsified the whole Torah, so he could have falsified his end. And He could have written, And Moshe Rabbeinu went up in the chariot of fire. If you really wanted to show how amazing he was, he would have written that he went up in fire, but Chadoch didn't die, he didn't die either. And if he still wrote, If he was just all about himself and talking about how he is going to be great forever, then he would have written that he didn't die. The fact that he wrote that he died means that he's he's telling the truth, right? It's kind of like a migu. He could have said something better, so you have to believe him for what he said because he said the worst claim. What was the worst claim that he died? So says the Rebbeinu Sanibishes. But wait a second, the heretics could then say something back. You know the only way that Moshe Rabbeinu could have written that he didn't die if nobody knew where he was buried. Because if somebody knew where he was buried, then he couldn't write. If everybody knew where he was buried, he wouldn't be able to write, They wouldn't be able to write that. The grave is proves the opposite. So the only way that Moshe Rabbeinu has this migu, so to speak, this raya that he wrote the Torah, the fact that he wrote that he died, and he could have written, it's only a good claim if... Nobody knew where he was buried. The fact that nobody knows where he was buried, as the Gemara in Sota tells us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself, involved himself in the burial of Moshe. Remember, that's one of the four uh, acts of Chesed that the Gemara says we have to copy Hashem. Just like Hashem visited the sick with Avraham, just like Hashem comforted the mourners with Yitzchak, just like Hashem clothed the naked with Adam and Chava, and just like Hashem, buried the dead uh, with Moshe. So the fact that Hashem did it, that itself is part of the Raya. That reflects the godless of Torah's Moshe. Fine. And now he says, now we can go back. So Moshe Rabbeinu, if he would have written that he lived forever, then you would have said, okay, he wrote, the, there's no Raya that he wrote that Hashem uh, gave him and inspired him to write the Torah. He wrote it himself. It was all about his own gaiva. But the fact that he wrote that he didn't write that and he didn't live forever, then you just need the fact that he was buried in a place where nobody knew and then everything that we've said fits in. And now he says you could go back to the Medrash. If Moshe Rabbeinu wouldn't have been Misatzel, if Moshe Rabbeinu would have done what um, Pinchas did and acted like a Kanoi, then somehow, as we know, Chazal tell us, the neshama of Pinchas is connected to the neshama of Elio, and Pinchas lives forever. So Moshe would have lived forever. If Moshe would have lived forever, there would be no raya. That Moshe Rabbeinu, uh, his Moshe Emes, Visaraso Emes. So what does the Mekhus say? Because he was Nesatsa Bamaisa Zimri, and therefore he didn't live forever, 
Lo yadesh is kvuraso. Right? He didn't live forever. Lo yadesh, that, that required, because he didn't live forever, that required the lo yadesh is kvuraso, which is then a raya to the veracity of Torah by writing vayat masham Moshe. Says the Rav Yonatan Ibishitz, as he finishes up, ilo lo hayam Moshe b'satza b'maisa zimri. If he wouldn't have been misasal, if he would have part done it, he would have been zochet to the schayla pinchas. Got lichyos chayin etzach to live forever. Every mitzvah has its schoolers, and the schar is kavua, and therefore Moshe would have stepped into the shoes of pinchas. Since he didn't do it, who makes kachad adam and he died. Like everyone else dies, so you have to hide his makam kfura, so then it could be a raya against the heretics that Moshe Emes visarasso Emes. Okay, moving right along after that sharp thought of Rav Yonason, Rav Yonason So the pasuk tells us we have a lot. The first half of the parsha is number heavy, number heavy. So parachavav pasuk nundalid after all of the lists of the shvatim and all of their children. The Torah tells us that the Eretz Yisrael is split up. Eretz Yisrael is split up. La'ela techalek haaretz. This is towards the end of parachavav. B'mispar shemos la'rav tarben nachla. So to the many they will get a large nachla. V'lama atamin nachla. So and to the small groups, tamit nachlaso ish lafi pukudav yuta nachlaso. Everyone, according to their reckoning, according to their counting, they will have the nachla. Ach begoro yechalikas aretz is for the goro. It was the nesim came up and they picked as the miraculous goro is uh, described. So the pashup shot is, is this has to do with space and with numbers. Bigger numbers got bigger space. That's the pashup shot. Look in the Shemin Atov in source number two, Rabbi Weinberger and Chelik Hay. Of his farim, pshuto shal mikra koyal kama who misparav listen shall call shevet v'shevet. Right, it goes based on population and numbers of each shevet. The lafim misparam kach yutam lahem nachala, based on um, the numbers. Ella depears Rashi the lab dafkal kamus aritz chalko, but also Rashi notes based on Chazal that it's not just the size of the piece of land. Ella lafim shivu yishal haaretz. Right, you could have a more a valuable piece of land that's smaller. We even have it in the Gemara, right? Idis, Benonis, and Ziburis. They have different qualities of land. Right? Uh, a smaller piece of land can have a greater value than a piece that's larger. Even though the populations are similar. Aval says the Shemanato, maybe there's another remez in this Pasik. Two different Rachim in Avodas Hashem. It's not just talking about a message. As we know, the Sukkim of the Torah could be understood on so many different levels. There's the Pashib Shat, there's the, you could have the four, the four levels of Pshat, Rem, Rash, and Sod, but even more than that. Right? Many different levels of Drush, or, or other ways to understand. So he says, maybe it's talking about, it's not only the Chalukas, it's talking about different ways to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There are those that serve a Kaddish Baruch Hu, and they act with royalty, and they act with pride, and they act in a certain way, while others are a totally self-effacing and totally small and self-deprecating v'chulu. And he quotes, you even see this in different Rebbes, different Hasidic masters. 
v'yadua to harebi haraziner avodas ha'asibuchinas gavus. He says certain rebbes like the raziner. He says it's like malchus. It's malchus. V'chol esnagos chatzera hayabashirus. And there was plenty, and there's um, much, you know, that the uh, the Rebbe is like a king, so to speak, and there's Ashirus, and there's nobility. Masha'enkin ben Doro, but the colleague of his in the same generation, Remeir Pamishlaner, he was small, he was self-effacing, he didn't dress in a royal way. Upam nifkeshu bederech v'harazin, one time they were together, v'harazinu nasa b'merkevet shokamah shvarim atufim b'kesev v'zav. And the razina was riding on on oxen that were lit, that had were garbed with silver and gold, like the Rebbe. Masha'enkin ha'parmishlaner nasa b'behema achas. He was riding on a donkey, a little animal. Shebedochach mashachagala Right, with difficulty pulling the wagon, when they met each other, nira bolet darkam. You see the difference in the way they serve a kodesh baruch hu. The Yamar Radzina the Rameir, Radzina says the Rameir Pamishlaner, Ani no seya kama vehemos. Kedei, why do I have a lot of animals? Shem chas v'shalom en pol lidei boats for lidei baramok. If I fall into the mud. It fall into a big pit, deep pit. So, you know, the animals could all help me out to get me out of the pit. Right? I'm going with my animal very slowly, so I'm not going to fall. One animal. That's the conversation that took place. Says the Shemanatov. And these represent two drachim in Avodah Hashem. And one has to know the society that one lives and the time period in history that one lives, what is most appropriate and most appropriate for their own Avodah Hashem. And he says that's what the uh, illusion, that's the illusion in, in, our, uh, in our psukim. On our psukim says the um, Shemanatov, right, L'Rav Tarben that's the remez of the Rav and the Ma'at. He even quotes the, uh, a thought from the Sfas Emes that turns a, a thought on his head. Rashi quotes in this week's Parsha that, that he didn't know the Benot Slavchad answer and he had asked HaKadosh Baruch as an Onesh, as an Onesh for saying that he, he, uh, any Davar Akasha takrivun elai. So the Sfas Emes turns everything on his head and said, no, because Moshe Rabbeinu always acted ba'anava ubekatnus, right? The way maybe of the Mayor Parmishlaner, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu helped him out that even he could reflect to people that didn't even know everything, that fit his, his, um, his personality, his spiritual personality, which was um, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was ozer him in his alma halacha imenu. Okay, an extra point of the, of the Svasemis. Okay, now let's get back to the psukim themselves. So we have the numbers that are mentioned here and... As is pointed out by the Rishonim already, the Leviim are very small. Right? We have all of the Mishpachos, all of the families mentioned, and then we have Vayufakudehem in Parachava Pasasamach Beis, Shloshev Esrim Elef, Kol Zachar Verchodesh Vamala, 23,000. 23,000 men and boys from a month, from a month old. Remember that the, uh, the rest of the Am is counted only from an older age. Uh, but the but B'nai Levi are counted from a young age from B'men Chodesh. Kilo Aspaktu B'soch B'nai Yisrael. Kilo Nitin Lamnachala B'soch B'nai Yisrael. Says the Ramban. The Ramban here in source number four, um, r- this is the Ramban earlier. 
This is Rabbanim back in Paragimol of Bamidbar, but the Meshachachma on this Pasik comments uh, with a different shot from the Ramban. And that is dealing with the issue of why was Levi so small? Why was Levi so small? What was the uh, issue compared to all the other Shvatim? Says the Ramban in source number four, which is again the Ramban from Parshas by Midbar. The Kohanim were already chosen earlier, but not the Levim. The Levim were later. But the question now the Ramban already asks is the end of line seven. Or line six, let's start. Right, it doesn't even get to half of the closest shevet. And they weren't carrying the iron yet, that the, the Kedusha would, would destroy them. How are the Levim so much smaller? How are the Levim so much smaller? Shevet Levi. So the Ramban has two points. Number one, right? This is very somewhat unRamban like. The Ramban is always as close to Pshuto Shal Mikra as one could suggest. But here he bases two ideas based on Midrashim. So number one, he says, Chazal tell us Kishifto Shalevi Lo Haya B'Shibud Malachas Mitzrayim Ubavodis Perach Sheva Levi was not in the Shibud. Right? Moshe and Aaron come and went. Came and went when, as, as they pleased. They went into Paro, they came out of Paro. So it's clear they weren't in the Shibud. That the Mitzriah made bitter their lives with such hard work. Right? They forced us and they subjugated us. What does the Chazal say? The tougher and the harder it was, the more Kaddish Baruch Hu made them multiply. We became bigger. The harder they fought, the stronger that we got and the more we multiplied. Who's going to have the last word? Who's going to have the last word? Aval Sheva Levi, but Sheva Levi wasn't subjugated, they weren't tortured, and they weren't thrown into the river, so they stayed in the natural realm. Aval Sheva Levi, Hayuparim Veravim, Kedera Kalaretz, Velo Alu Lamala, Kishar Ashvatim. Day number one. Says the Ramban, why were they small? Because they weren't in the Xerah of Kinyir Bivachin Yefrotz. They weren't in the Xerah, they didn't get the Bracha. Right, sometimes it looks like a Klala. Sometimes if we would have asked, if you would have asked anybody else besides Shevet Levi during Mitzrayim, while Levi walked back and forth, right, what would they be saying? I wish I was Levi. I wish I was Shevet Levi. I could go in as I pleased. I won't be subjugated. But in the long run, whose generations became much more? Just one generation later. Generation later, Kodesh Baruch Hu has a plan. Number one. Ve'ulai. And number two. mika'as hazakin alehem. Maybe it's a uh, holdover of the anger, of the anger of, of Yaakov Avinu. As Rashi quotes later on in the Parsha. Right, they were, it, was, it relates back to, to the curse, to the uh, anger of Yaakov Avinu. Okay, number two. 
That's the Rambam. But if you look in the Meshachachma, the Meshachachma says, look in our Pasik. Look in our Pasik. The Pasik explains it. In our Pasik. Not in Bamidbar. It says the number. Kilo aspaktu besoch b'nei Yisrael. Kilo nitam lahem nachla besoch b'nei Yisrael. They weren't given a nachla. Says the Meshachachma. Five. Hakadmonim, the Ramban. Nispalu. Madua Shevalevi. Mispalu neged Sharashvatim. How is Shevalevi the smallest? Viraisi Shinosim Tam. Shabaskol Amra. Kashiyano Sokin Yerbevachin Yefro. It's the Ramban's first shop. Vehem lo hoyu bakoshi ashibud. Lachin lo hoyu bakhakin Yerbevachin Yefro. Avamadua lo nisrabu ba midbar tamua. Fine, that was in Mitzrayim. But what about after Mitzrayim? What about in the midbar? Right here we're talking about year 40. Year 40, so they couldn't catch up a little bit. Couldn't catch up. That, like we just said, based on the Ramban's first shot, Kodesh has things worked out. We don't always understand everything behind the scenes. Kilonis Tashem has... His thoughts. Hashem saw that the legions of the king, they wouldn't have their own area. They would have cities amongst the other Shvatim and will be supported by the other Shvatim. would be many. They would be saying, where are we supposed to put every, every, everybody? Remember in Sefer Yoshua, the Bnei Yosef said, we don't have enough room. So if there was, there were large Shvatim, large numbers, they need, they need room. Shetzaku, Bnei Yosef complained in Yoshua, Ki Hashem bircham ba'amra ba'amakam sa'alam la'sheves. L'chein haya mechachmas ha'bore. L'bli harabos osam al-derech nisi. Kodesh kept them small. Because they're going to be in the Nachla. And Klai Yisrael can't, can't have such a great, large Sheva Levi. Nothing miraculous. Not be punished, but nothing miraculous. Just natural growth. 23,000. That's what this Pazik is alluding to. They were encountered with the rest from 20 and up. They go because they were encountered amongst the best of add these words into the Torah. Why was it so small? And that's why the the miraculous multiplying didn't wasn't chal on them wasn't chal on them and that's why they weren't counted in that in that way. Okay, moving right along. There's so much in Pinchas. Pinchas is like a partial like Baloscha that there are so many different parts. You have the story of Pinchas. You have the countings. You have the uh, Nachla is given out. You have Moshe Rabbeinu Slavchad. You have Moshe Rabbeinu changing of the changing of the guard, uh, and you have all of the parshas Amodim. There's so much here. So let's talk about Slavchad a little bit. The Beno Slavchad. The Beno Slavchad. If you look in the um, source number six. Rabbi Sachs has in his life changing ideas a true story, a true story that he was part of, that he was part of. So he knows this. 
says it was the legacy of an unusual man with an unusual name, Mr. Ernest Onions. He was a farmer. He was a farmer. He was eccentric, and he collected paintings. He used to go to local auctions, and whenever paintings came on sale, he used to bid on them, and he would make a bid for it. He collected more than 500 canvases, and he had them. His children didn't share his passion. They knew he was odd. He used to dress unusually. Okay. When he died, his children asked Sotheby's to sell the paintings. Okay. Before any major sale of artworks, they published a catalog so buyers could see it in advance. They had all these paintings. An art expert, a great art expert, Sir Dennis Mahone, now on the, the next page, was looking in the catalog, and one painting caught his eye. One painting caught his eye. Onions had bought it at a country house sale in the 1940s for 12, 12 pounds. The catalog listed the painting as the sack of Carthage, Vihulu. It was estimated to fetch 15,000 pounds. But he was struck by it in one incongruous detail. He saw there was a picture with a seven-branch candelabrum. Without all the details, he recognized something, and he realized that the 17th century artist, Nicholas Posen, had made two portraits of the destruction of the, of the base of Megdash. One was in the Art Museum in Vienna, and the other had disappeared. And no one knew what happened. And he sees this picture of the menorah. At the auction, he bid for the picture. And everybody's realized, why is he building, bidding for the picture? Finally, he bought the painting for 155,000 pounds. Later, he sold it for four and a half million. Four and a half million. Why does Rabbi Sachs say, why do I know this story? Because at Lord Rothschild's request, I together with the director of the National Gallery, gave a lecture on the painting while it was shown briefly in London before it was taken to his permanent home. Why am I telling you the story, says Rabbi Sachs? Because it's so graphic an example of the fact that we can lose a priceless legacy simply because, not loving it, we do not come to appreciate its true value. From this we can infer a corollary. We inherit what we truly love. If you're machshiv something... If you recognize the value of something, then you'll love it, and you'll connect to it, and you'll want it. B'no Slavcha teach us that in this week's Parsha. B'no Slavcha teach us what it means to be an Oe Veret Yisrael. B'no Slavcha teach us that even if naturally it doesn't seem like there's any way. Any, what do you mean? There's only the boys, right? We have no boys. Our father died. We have no brothers. It's done. If you really love something... You try to see what you could do. If you really recognize the value, why do you love it? Because you recognize the value of it. The B'no Slavcha recognized what Eretz Yisrael is all about. They knew why they were in the desert for 40 years. They remembered what the Meraglim did wrong. They recognized it. And we have to recognize it. That's what they recognized. Now look on the right side. Even more consequentially, their love of the land of Israel was in striking contrast to that of the men. The spies had come back with a negative report about the land, and everybody suffered from it for 40 years. But Slavchad's daughters wanted to have a share in the land, which they were duly granted. And they were given it, because they recognized what Eretz Yisrael is, and if you recognize, so then it is given. And then he even quotes the comment of the Klei Yakar back in, in um, Parsha Shlach, which I think we've mentioned in the past. Shlach Lacha Anoshim. Moshe, you can send men. If it was up to me, I would send women. Because women are the ones that have that positive attitude, that optimism. But uh, we have to recognize that uh, what we love is is then what we um, focus on and are more nefesh for. And first and foremost, we have to recognize what every mitzvah is about. But specifically, in this context, Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael. 
Rabbi Sachs generalizes it at the end where he says, Judaism, of course, is not a painting. It's an identity. And you can't sell an identity, but you can lose it. If we truly wish to hand our own legacy to our children, we must teach them to love it. The most important element of any education is not learning facts or skills, but learning what to love. And we have to recognize what we love and then pass that on to others and recognize what it's, um, what it's about. So we have to recognize the, um, what Eretz Yisrael is. I think I mentioned uh, in the past the thought of the, of the Beis Yaakov, the son of the Mea Shiloach, the Ishbitzer, why in benching, uh, we say the three brachas daraisa, the th- four brachas darabana, the first bracha, uh, we talk to HaKadosh Baruch Hu straight. Baruch Ata, uh, sorry, we talk to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in third person. Hu no sein lechem lechol basar, uvetuvo hagadol, hu hu hu. And the second bracha, all of a sudden we talk to HaKadosh Baruch Hu straight. No delacha. Baal shen chalta, avos in Eretz chemda, vav brischa shechasandu evserena. Why do we switch? What do we switch? Usually in a, it goes in the opposite direction. In every bracha, it goes in the opposite direction. Baruch atah Hashem. It's you, right? Alokeinu melech olam. Right? He is the God. Right? Asher kiddushanu b'mitzvosav. He commanded us with his mitzvahs. All of a sudden, it's not your mitzvahs. It's his mitzvahs. Because he recognized we're so close, but then we recognize how, how distant we are. But this is the opposite. The first bracha is distant, and the second bracha is straight. So the Beis Yaakov explains, because the first, who wrote the first bracha? Moshe Rabbeinu, when the man fell. Who wrote the second bracha? Yeshua ben Nun, when he went into Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Chemda. Even Moshe Rabbeinu, who reached the highest levels that a human being could reach, there's a certain closeness of con- and connection that a Jew can only have with a Kodesh Baruch Hu in Eretz Yisrael. And that's why Yoshua ben Nun was able to say, No Delacha. No Delacha. The special Hashgacha, like the Ramban talks about uh, many times, but especially in Parshish Achremos, that there's direct Hashgacha in Eretz Yisrael, and we have to recognize that. That's what the Benot Slavka recognized, the unique palace of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that Eretz Yisrael represents. We have to recognize what um, what he gave us and be most nefesh for it as much as as much as we can. Okay. So we continue with then one of the most emotional interactions that we have in the whole Torah with Moshe Rabbeinu talking to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But you have a Daber Moshe El Hashem Leimar Hashem says, Moshe says to Hashem, Yifkod Hashem Elokei Aruchos Lechol Basar Ish Al Hoeida. You have to appoint somebody. You have to appoint somebody, Eloke Haruchos. You have to appoint somebody who's going to take care of, of, uh, of my children. They'll go in with them. They'll go out with Len. Right? Rashi quotes, Not like the other nations where they sit in their homes. The kings and the generals are behind and the soldiers go first. No. No. The Jews... The Archayalim, uh, Archayalim in our Tzvag and Ali Yisrael, it's the officers that go first. Right? That's Am Yisrael. Ela Kamosha Asisiani, Shinochamti Besichon Vaog, Shinamar Altiroso, Ukderch Shasa Yoshua, Vayelach Yoshua Elav, Yoshua, Vachem Bedavid, Hu Yetzei of all of Nehem, Yetzei Barosh, Benichnas Barosh, our leaders go first. Our leaders go first. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu says. Hashem, you have to appoint a leader like that. It can't be that they're going to be sheep without a without a shepherd. So take Yeshua ben Ish Asher Ruach Bo. You ask for Elokei Haruchos. So I'm going to give you a man. Ish Asher Ruach Bo. You shall put your hand on him. 
stand them up in front of Elazar, in front of the whole Eid, and you shall give some of your glory. We'll get back to that in a couple of minutes. As Chazal say, he used both his hands. Hashem said one, Moshe gives both. V'chulu. If you look in Midarki HaParshas from Rav Mordechai Greenberg, who was the Rosh Hashiva of Karen B'Yavne, he's the uh, Nasi now, so he writes, is a little five-volume set on every section of Parsha. He has a th- few thoughts, and then he has Torah from the Gra and Torah from Rav Kook on every Parsha. So there he writes, Moshe Mavakish Me'akadosh Baruch Hu, why does he use the term Elokei Haruchos and not Lomashal Boreshamayim Varetz? Why, why the unusual Lashon of Elokei Haruchos? So there is a Gemara in Mesechas Gitin. Dafyomi did it recently. HaGemara Begitin Misaperes. Rav Huna and Rav Chizda are once sitting and talking. Viro is Geneva. Miskarivalem. They saw Geneva. Galeva was somebody who caused some trouble to some of the Amoram. In the first parak, it talks about Geneva causing trouble, I think, to Marukva. Geneva was walking towards them. One of them says to the other one, Let's stand up. We have to stand up for him because, after all, he's a Tamil Chacham. But he's a Baal Machlokas. Just stand up for him. Meanwhile, they asked... He comes to them and says, "No, what have you been talking about?" Beruchos. They said, "Beruchos, Beruchos wins." Right before he came, they weren't involved in in uh, in Ruchos. Elsewhere, maybe earlier they were, but right beforehand they weren't. So, what's the message? So he quotes uh, the following thought. The Mishnah Perk tells us, maybe Ruchos has a different connotation. Right, the Mishnah Perk tells us that if Ruach Habrios no if somebody gets along with people, so to speak, and people have Nachas Ruach from him, then Ruach HaMakam no Chei Menu, Baruch also has Nachas from him. The Yushalmi has a different Girsa. A different shot, that if you get along with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then you get to get along with people. What's the start? Upiresh, and he explained, Which Ruach? Ruach HaBrios or Ruach HaMakom? Which one is Koveya? Beruchos Elu, Asker Afuna, Rav Chizda, Biachas, the Geneva. That's what they were osigin right before he came. Geneva is a Tamil Chacham. He has Ruach HaMakom. But he doesn't have Ruach Habrios. And he's a Baal And that's what they were trying to figure out. But ultimately we know we have to have both Ruchos. Mikol Makom, Hashlemus, Shetovas, Ayadus, He, Umatzachin, Veseichal Tov, Beinei Elokim, Vaadam. We have to find favor and Seichal Tov. Not just Seichal. Seichal Tov in the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the eyes of man. And every leader Right, so by Greenberg. Every leader has to have both of these elements. And he can't sacrifice one to the, to the betterment of the other. He has to be mushlam in both areas. Mushlam. Ruach habrios, ruach hamakom. Moshe asks from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you have to appoint Elokei Ruchos 
You are the God of Ruchos. Yidag shahamani mushlam Ruchos. Find a leader that could be mushlam in all of these. Moshe Rabbeinu was the un of Mikal Adam. Adama, but he was also the greatest and closest to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Ruach Hamakom. But he obviously was also Ruach Abrios. Yes, Aaron Akon was the Oiv Shalom, Barodiv Shalom. But Moshe Rabbeinu was the most self-effacing. And he also obviously had plenty of Ruach Abrios. Alkein Bikesh Moshe, Shagadish Barachos, Shualokei Aruchos, Yitag, Shahamanigi, and Mushlam, Bishte Aruchos. Baruch Hamakom, Uberuach Abrios. You need both. Klomar. You need both elements. Gam kishiyesh machlokes, yesh ladach elahan lanalosa, kom machlokes yilashem shamayim, sofilis kayim. So now he quotes, fascinating, he quotes from the Klayakar. It says, what does it mean, machlokes l'shem shamayim? What's the machlokes l'shem shamayim? So he quotes, oses shalom bim romav. Kodesh Baruch makes shalom in the heavens. Chazal tell us, bein michal v'gavriel, bein sar shalmayim v'sar shalesh, water and fire. Fire causes water to evaporate. But water causes fire to get extinguished. But Chazal, what Chazal tell us? Make up the Shamayim. Shamayim means that could be Shalom between Esh and Mayim. Even if you have two anti-forces, you have Eish and you have Mayim, you can put them together and make Shamayim. That's a machlokas, l'shem Shamayim. L'shem, we're having a machlokas to ultimately come together. We don't have the machlokas and stay in the machlokas forever. But l'shem chibur ha'eish v'amayim. Shaharatzoneinu levatel atasheni is not to nullify the other and overcome it and extinguish it or make it evaporate. Elo lehischaber imatov shebekol echad to come together with the goodness of each one. Kemo ha'shamayim asuim eishamayim like the shamayim, like beishamayim beishilel that they intermarried uh, with each other as the Gemara says in the first parak of Yivamis. So machlokas l'shem shamayim is that. So Rabbi Greenberg ends off by saying as we start the three weeks. We may be in and we recognize, remember, the sinas chinam, which was the ultimate cause of the churban. We have to recognize Ashen mayim, shamayim. We have to recognize ruach habrios and ruach hamakom. And he quotes the nitziv and nakdamat abreishis about yisharim. Right, we have to respect others that don't serve Hakadosh Baruch Hu in the same way. But we have to recognize that's what we need to do to get the Beis Hamikdash back. We have to act in a way of respect and in a way of recognizing that others serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu in other ways, but we're all in this, we're all in this together. Okay. V'nasata mehot cha'alav. The Pasuk continues that we just read, Hashem tells Moshe, put, bring some of your glory, some of your splendor. V'nasata mehot cha'alav. You need to give some of your splendor. Rashi, zekirin or panim. Some of your shine. Mehot Rashi, v'lo kalhot from some of your splendor, but not all your splendor. Nimseinu lemeidim pene Moshe kechama, pene Yoshua kalavana. The Rashi says, what does it mean, some of your splendor? Because Moshe was like the sun, and Yeshua was like the moon. A reflection, either way, a qualitative difference. Says the Ksav Sofer. Says the Ksav Sofer. Look at the rest of the Pasuk, first of all. 
you shall give some of your uh, splendor. So that all they all listen to you. So the Pajab Shad is that give some of your splendor now, so they listen to, to Yoshua ben Nun. Maybe there's a deeper idea here, says the Ksav Sofer. It relates to what, why Mehotcha? Why don't Moshe give everything you got? Give everything you got to Yoshua. Why only some? The Yishlomar, third line. In the back of their minds, they're thinking still Korach. That was 38 years ago. But still, there might have been some remnants. Some remnants. As the Ramban says, Maybe one says, they weren't arguing with Moshe. That Moshe wasn't great. Moshe, you're great, but you know why you're great? Because the Am is great. And if there was a different leader, the Am would also bump up that leader. So that's the problematic thought that was being expressed by some. And Hashem wanted to be motzi that thought. That they said, oh, Moshe's only great because of the Am that he represents. Moshe, give Mehotcha. Don't make Yeshua exactly the same. Because if Yeshua is exactly the same, then there'll be this, oh, Yeshua is just as great as Moshe. If Yeshua is not as great as Moshe, and there's an Eskatnu Hadoros idea, then the Am would realize it's not about the Am. This is about personal achievements of each of these leaders. If it was all b'schus harabim, so why isn't Yoshua the same level? Halo gamhu gamhu b'shlichus kol Yisrael. By seeing that Yoshua was only like the moon compared to Moshe, they'll realize ki Moshe me'atzmo Allah v'nisala. They will realize that Moshe it's just not a, it's not a function of the Am. It's a function of himself. And Yeshua didn't reach those levels. If they were exactly the same, That's why Hashem was wise. Right? Give some of your glory, and not all, so that they will hear. Call Adas B'nei Yisrael, that they'll understand. Yishmu v'yazinu lo, v'yiru, and they'll realize. Yes, on the one hand, they'll say that, oh, Yeshua's not as great as Moshe, but the fact that they're different, they'll realize that Yeshua is the leader because of his own merits. Not because, oh, because of the Am. It won't be a negative that he's not as great as Moshe. It'll only be a positive that he's different than Moshe, and therefore it must be that he earned it himself. V'yiru ki hu me'atzmo ru'uya l'kach b'schus atzmo. Ki hu asher ruach bo k'moshe kasav b'samach. And that's what Rashi quotes here. Z'kedim she'bedar p'nei Moshe k'p'nei Chama. P'nei Yoshua k'p'nei Levana. Oy l'osa busha. She'ra'u achshav l'mafreya. She'lohevinu g'dulas u'madregas Moshe. That they didn't recognize. They didn't recognize his... His uh, gavas, and again at this time that uh, Moshe Rabbeinu at the end of his life, they they uh, there are those that 
you know, there's opposite dangers here. A number of the pshat that we said tonight, with the first pshat of Yonas and Ibishitz and this pshat that they didn't recognize the godless of Moshe. We mentioned in past years a meshachachma on this week's parsha also, where the meshachachma comments that one of the reasons that Hashem had it, that Hashem, Moshe Rabbeinu had to die before going into Eretz Yisrael, yes, we know Parshas Chukas because of the Meimariva, but one of the other reasons is that the Meshachachma says they would have deified him. Because Moshe Rabbeinu, they didn't know, all the people alive now didn't know Moshe Rabbeinu growing up in Mitzrayim. They just knew him as Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu brings down the Mun, Moshe Rabbeinu does all the miracles. So if they would have, Moshe Rabbeinu would have brought them in, they would have exchanged the Egel for Moshe. Right? And Moshe Rabbeinu had to die to prove to them, so to speak, it's not, nothing is inherent. Kadosh. And only HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, and, and, uh, the source of, uh, all, of all good, and of all zechus. So, that's also an opposite type of, uh, idea, but again, it's all, gotta put it all, uh, all together. And again, the, he continues and speaks about the Dafka, the Zakanim said it. He says, maybe you'd claim that as Yeshua gets older, he'll get to Moshe's levels, right? Says the uh, Tzav Sofer, the Zakanim. Why did the Dafka say the Zakanim? Because they knew what Moshe Rabbeinu was earlier. And they knew Moshe Rabbeinu was always like this. It wasn't like, oh, you're going to build up to Moshe. Moshe was like this for the past decades. They knew. Moshe started off at a different level than Yoshua did. They knew Yoshua was not getting there. And therefore they're all different. They realized the difference. Even if uh, they would reach those levels, um, they wouldn't recognize, and that's why Dafka says the Zakanim, the Zakanim Shebedar. Okay, final thought for um, this year's Shir. So we have the Parshas Amoadim, Parshas Amoadim, and the Carbon Tamid it starts off with. The Carbon Tamid and then Shabbos and Yantif. Carbon Tamid, Carbon Ilachmi, Vamardam Zeho Isheh, Famous Pasuk, the Medrash and the Inyakov made it famous, right? One of the big, big Psukim in the Torah. But the Torah continues and says, one of these brought, one of these Karbonas Tamid, uh, brought, Pasuk Gimel, Shnaim Layom, Ola Tamid. Twice a day, right? Shnaim Layom, Ola Tamid, one in the morning, one Bain or Abayim. But Shnayim Layom Chazal Darshin Keneged Hayom. What's Keneged Hayom? So Chazal tell us, Chazal tell us that it's opposite. It's brought. They're brought by different. There were rings where they, they held, held the animal on the north side of the Mizbeach. Different rings held the animals for the Karbanos, and the Karbanos to me, them were done on the opposite sides where the sun would shine. So in the morning it was on the west side, so the east side was shining, and as the sun set in the west, so the Makom Hatamid was on the east side. The carbon tumid, the first and last avoda every day, has to do with the sun. Has to do with the sun. So why is that? Why is that? Says the Aznayim Latora. Says the Aznayim Latora. Chazal biarusha tamin mevatel avodas Hashemes. Sheumos haolam ovdimos avolama dafka avodas Hashemes. What brings them? Right, the the classic avodas zara, as the Rambam describes, also in Ilkhat avodas zara. What brings them to worship the sun? Avol kinira Hashemes mishameses rosh. 
The carbon tamid is to counter the root of all of Odazara, which is the sun. That's what it says in, right, in, uh, in Dvarim. Pentisa inecha shamayim, avurisa zashemesh vaseirech, otsua shamayim. Right? Chazal always talk about, often talk about the sun. Velorach mishum yafyava hadra. Not only because of its beauty, but those off the path think. Hashem is awesome, but he's so high and so infinite. Is he really interested in this world? Wouldn't that be minimizing him? Wouldn't that be lowering him? Because after all, HaKadosh Baruch was all the way up there. What is... If he has to do with me, that, that lowers him. No, he has, he's busy dealing with universes. So therefore, he gave servants. So he put the son in charge. The biggest servant, it seems, is the son. Right? Everything revolves around the son. It must be the son is the messenger of HaKadosh Baruch when Hashem put him in charge. Even the sun is not directly connected. The sun is so high, and the constellations are so high. The 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 toos that 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 Avodazara often reflects the roots of Avodazara is that the gods are so high they're not really interested in us. And this is what this is what the Karbanos remind us. We serve Hakadosh Baruch Hu Keneged the sun. We're doing the avoda. The sun is connected to us and the Adon of the sun. Right? Everything is all about their servants of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They're all being Oved HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The sun has its avoda, We have our avoda, But the first and last avoda that we do every day is to counter, so to speak. You think that the, the, the sun is worthy to be worshipped? No, we go to the opposite side to kind of counterbalance that, the Zayin Torah says. But to recognize the whole world is servants of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And our avoda connects us to the, the source of, of the mistakes of so many in their, in their early history, but also to recognize that the sun is a servant of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Right, that's what the, uh, the Mefarish and the Rambam uh, in Hilchot Yisodia Torah says, that orbits prove that they've never gone out of orbit. Right, if something in nature does their own, has their own path, okay, maybe they're, they're independent. But the fact that there's an orbit, the Mepharshim explain, you know, that shows that it's, it's in service, that it's, it's programmed. It's not the programmer, it's programmed. So that's what we try to reflect in our avoda, uh, every morning and afternoon as well. Okay, we'll stop here, Hashem, as we have Parshas Pinchas.